Welcome to my channel. My name is Emmy from Emmy Evolving. Today, we're going to be doing the Soul Sanctuary podcast, a place where we can talk about really pressing topics. We can talk about things that maybe you've been silently struggling through, things that maybe uh, you don't think anyone else has experienced it. And the power about this place, the reason the Soul Sanctuary exists as a beautiful, very powerful sanctuary for the soul, the tired heart, is because this is where you can just be who you are. There's no need to be ashamed. There's no need for any of that. You could just kind of be in a place where there are people who have experienced similar things to you, similar struggles, similar fears, and we can openly talk about it. Okay. So how is everyone doing? <clears throat> it's so weird because every single time I'm about to do the Soul Sanctuary podcast, I get this, <laughs> this really weird allergic moment. <clears throat> a lot of coughing, congestion, runny nose, sneezing. My goodness, my goodness. It's going to be okay. <laughs> it's literally going to be okay. All right. Let me just get this situated. Um, Here we go. So welcome to the Soul Sanctuary. Today, we're going to be talking about soul messengers. So... A soul messenger, that's, what is that, right? What is that? Well, let's give, Michael says, let's give people time to arrive. I'm, I'm always so quick to start talking to you guys. He says, let's give people time to arrive. I want to ask a question, okay? <clears throat> when did your life change for the better? I came across, well, my husband, my husband was, I guess he was watching my um, last week's podcast and he came across this comment. I'll put it up on the screen. <clears throat> he came across this comment and it, it really, it, it touched both of us. It touched both of us because of the fact that um, it helps to really see or showcase the importance of the work that I do, the importance of us basically being here for each other, right? It's, it's a very powerful thing. Let me show you guys. All right, it's just loading. Oopsie. Let's make it. Uh, uh, oops. <laughs> okay, here it is. It's a comment by Shimon Renee. And I had asked a question last week, you know, like, when did you find me? How did you meet me? Or how, how did you find me? Uh, kind of like, what was going on with your life? And she wrote, I'm so glad you asked this question of when did we come across you? I found you in December 2018. And it, it says a lot about the intensity of life when you know the month and the year that you come across someone, right? So she says, and I so remember those kitty hats. You helped me through, uh, you helped me through an intense tower moment in my life. Uh, 
The day I was released from a psychiatric hospital, I was um, driving to a safe home and you intuitively reached out to me. You messaged me on Facebook. You said that Michael told you to get in touch with me, to tell me that everything was going to be all right. That was my sign that you were the sole messenger I needed at the time. So today's talk is really, um, it's, it's been inspired by this comment. Like we really have no idea our effect on other people's lives. We don't. We, we do not know how we affect other people. And a lot of what happens in our life are things that we don't really recognize. We don't know. We don't pay attention. We kind of just float along with life. So I ask again this question <clears throat> and put it on the screen. When did your life change for the better? Have you been going through something and your answer is, Emmy, life has not changed for the better for me. Things have continued to be very difficult. Things have continued to be a struggle and, you know, painful. And I don't know how I'm going to get through this period. And first and foremost, I want to remind you, you're not alone. You are definitely not alone in what you are struggling through, in your confusion, in your pain. You are not alone. So typically, typically, what ends up happening when we are going through those types of periods, we end up going through a few different things that, you know, Maybe we feel as though we're being broken down, right? I'm, I'm breaking down. I'm having a mental breakdown. That type of statement, it's like, whoa, what? what? You're having a mental breakdown? So just over the summer, uh, I had one of these moments, right? I had a situation that I was dealing with that I kind of sort of shared, but I mostly didn't share. And this situation was really bad. It was something that threatened my physical safety. It also threatened my um, emotional health, mental health, all of that. And I had made a statement of I'm in the middle of a mental breakdown. And it, it didn't really have anything to do with work and, and overworking and any of that. It didn't have to do with self-care. It had to do with a very, very ugly situation where someone who I believe has the capacity to be physically violent with me had access to the home that I lived in. And so that was a really bad situation. And because of the effects of that, uh, I really felt like I was having a mental breakdown. And looking back, just in the past couple weeks, uh, I've come across several people who really serve as soul messengers for me. Some of those people, some of those like several, have been part of my journey for quite some time. For quite some time. Some have recently been, um, recently become a part of my journey. And I look back and, and seeing all the pieces coming together, um, I can say that I wasn't having a breakdown. 
I wasn't breaking down. I was breaking open. I was being open to the reality of my purpose, my path, what it is I'm here to do in this lifetime. It's been an amazing, amazing journey. So when, if someone were to ask me, when did your life change for the better? Gosh, you know, I think my life changed when I began to realize how all of those moments that I thought were so difficult, so painful, moments that I thought I wouldn't be able to get through. And you guys really, like all of you really helped me to stay grounded in the work that I do. Because y'all, I would have had no problem <laughs> just disappearing. I don't really want to be a public figure. I've said that so many times, but I understand I was designed to be publicly visible. My soul had this specific design in mind and I was going to always be publicly visible, right? That was never something that I was going to be able to, to hide from. And um, the realization of certain things, um, life got better when I fell back into alignment with what I'm supposed to be doing. And I don't, I still don't fully know what that is. I still kind of wonder like, am I misunderstanding this? Uh, <laughs> but I'm flowing with it now. I'm, I'm totally flowing with it now. Let's, let's see. Um, Monica, Monica says, mine changed little by little. It came in waves, but I never gave up. Yes. Yes. Life has a way of changing in small increments, just like the seashore doesn't all come forward towards the shore at the same time and retreats all at the same time. It has this um, natural ebb and flow to it where the water knows how to hug the curves of the land. It's this beautiful, intimate dance between the sea and the shore. And that's kind of how life functions. Nancy says, when I realized enough is enough, and if I want it to change, I have to change myself. That's when I found you all up in my YouTube feed. See, so I didn't realize you said that last part. First, thank you, Nancy. Secondly, that's kind of what this thing is all about, this realization that many of us serve as soul messengers for other people. Like, do you realize that you are a soul messenger for someone else? I mean, woo, woo, the gravity of that. What does it mean to be someone's soul messenger? Like, whoo, that's intense, intense. Ocean Lover says, I could hardly breathe with everything that was going on. The most challenging situation I'd ever faced and then so much on top of that when I encountered you. Oh my God, you guys are so sweet. For me, the shift is beyond profound. I feel so strongly, so, so strongly that people don't come across me by chance. They don't. They really, really really don't. Every time someone comes across me and they're like, I don't even, um, I don't even know how I came across you. I don't know how I found you. It's just one day, uh, you arrived and, and then you never left. One day I just, I came across you and I've been with you ever since. And I found that there are some, um, 
certain types of like symptoms, signs that a soul messenger is coming. And one of those is when you can't find your truth anymore. It's when you've become so weighed down by life at large, where you just, you don't know how you're going to make it through. Um, Not necessarily that you're going to harm yourself or anything like that. And please don't ever harm yourself. But it's this thing of not knowing how to process life. Um, We'll go over the symptoms. We'll go over the symptoms in a little bit, okay? A little bit further down. Let's see what everyone is talking about. Carmen says, I had given up on my life changing for the better. I was stuck in fear. Ah, so many of us feel this. So many of us go through this. I was told to move for security reasons by you and Michael. I could not see it then, but it started a journey of healing for me. Talk about receiving that soul message. Ooh, mm, mm, mm. just like not being able to see it, but feeling this resonance within yourself that, you know what, like this doesn't make sense, but at the same time, it kind of does. This doesn't make sense, but it feels like it's something I have to do. And then realizing after you do it, oh, wow, look how far I've come. Look where this has taken me. Uh, Stella says, you helped me so much and so grateful for you, even though sometimes I get mad to hear the truth and I leave, I still go back and watch the replay. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you, Stella. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, no, um, being a soul messenger is not an easy thing. It is not something where, you know, like you have to listen to me. You have to this, you have to, no, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. That's the reality of it. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do, and you don't have to take in any information that you don't want to take in. But we have to recognize when we are being triggered because of cognitive dissonance. Like Stella knows it's something that's going on or being said that she doesn't really want to hear in that moment, but she knows. She knows this is something that is further refining her understanding of herself, not because it's coming from me, but because her soul is guiding her to this information. A soul messenger has within them the messages your soul has been trying to give you. A soul messenger is a person. It is a person who has all of these different perceptions that maybe are like yours, maybe they're not, but in some way, shape, or form, they begin to serve as these building blocks that you can use to create a ladder to reach the next level of your evolution. It is super profound to be in the face of someone who is serving unknowingly. And most people who are soul messengers, they don't know that they are soul messengers. For me in in particular, um, I really don't know why you guys would listen to me. (laughs) I'm being so honest right now. Like, you know, there's really no reason. (laughs) There is no reason at all for you to feel as though you should listen to me and I somehow have like the inside track on life. Y'all, I'm messy too. 
I'm chaos too. I don't have things figured out for myself in my life. I'm just flowing along. But do I need to have things figured out in order to be a soul messenger? No. No, I don't because I'm trying to figure out my life. I'm not trying to figure out yours. It is your job to figure out your life. I'm simply holding pieces that I don't know are for you. And as I let those pieces go, I release them out into creation. Whoever is needing to hear those things, they will find it. Maybe it's not while I'm live. Maybe it's the recorded version. Maybe, maybe, and, and some people go through this with me. They'll find a video from years ago like years ago. And they're like, Oh my gosh, it's like you're reading my life. But then I looked at the date, excuse me. And it was like three, four years ago. How did you know? And I'm like, I didn't, <laughs> I did not know. Uh, there was no way for me to know that I was simply doing what my soul was asking me, which is to release these messages and allow the winds of change and truth to guide these, these words to whoever needs them, to guide it to the people who are waiting to receive this care package from soul, right? It's like a care package from soul. Let's see what else. Ocean Lover says, don't remember months or years so much. I'm more like a landmark type of person with directions and even with life. What a gift to be able to reconnect with our center and stay there. I love that. I love that. I don't deal with months or years so much either. And it's kind of like... Um, I remember things more based on the emotion of the time that I was living in. Like, uh, was my peace rooted deep inside me? Was my peace rising up to my chest? Uh, it's, it's an odd way to put it, I know. But it's one of those things where it's like, that's how I tell time. <laughs> Alexandra says, I saw you on YouTube in 2019. The best part of my day is when I know you're coming live. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. Um, let's see. Desiree, girlfriend, you know, I thought you were my niece. <laughs> um, I thought you were my niece because she spells her name the same way. <laughs> I was just like, hey, girlfriend. And then I was like, wait, but you don't feel like my niece. <laughs> So Desiree says, I remember asking for help out loud and your videos started popping up. Ooh, that is deep. That is deep. It's this thing of ask and you shall receive. Ask and you shall receive. Ooh, ooh. Yes. Yes, Annie. If we're talking about soul messengers as teachers along our way, then my experience is that the right one will appear on your journey when the time is right. Yes. That is the whole point of this conversation. You cannot rush this messenger. You cannot rush the messages. You have to go through what you go through in order to receive what you will receive. 
you're you're not going to be able to receive a message that you're not mature enough to receive yet. And it's not that I'm saying you're immature. It's that there are certain levels of maturity that your soul, not anyone else, not me, not anyone else. There are certain levels of maturity that your soul will require you to reach before you are ready to receive the information you're ready to receive. Right. I remember years ago, um, years ago, it was like 2016. And <clears throat> maybe it was 2015. I think maybe it's 2016. All I know is I was in Texas, deep, deep Texas. <laughs> and I had begun live streaming. And I was so super de duper awkward. I would make these notes and I have my little notebook and I would check off the things that I thought I was supposed to talk about during the live stream. And it was so awkward. I tried my little heart out. And um, I remember Michael kept telling me, you don't need to do all of that. And I was just kind of like, well, I don't know what to talk about. You know, I'm socially awkward. Hello, because I am, <laughs> you know, I'm socially awkward. And he, he was just like, all I want, all you're being asked to do is be visible. You're not here like in a teacher capacity. And I was just like, oh, okay. So you just want me to chit chat with people? And he was like, yeah, that's all you're supposed to do is chit chat. And I began chit chatting with people on the live stream. We are just talking about little things here and there. And then one day he had told me that I needed to begin making it known that I do energy work. And I was just like, no, I, I can't do that. People will think I'm crazy. People will think I'm weird. Oh my gosh, they'll think I'm demonic. I cannot do that. And he was like, don't worry about that. Just trust me. And I said, no, <laughs> I said, no, I don't trust you. You're weird. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to talk about that. And it was this long conversation that lasted for a couple weeks, to be honest. And I slowly began to come out of my shell. I slowly began to kind of talk about things that were more based in the metaphysical things that maybe, um, other people, you know, neurotypical people might not appreciate, might not have the capacity to understand in order to appreciate. And that was okay. And then one day, <clears throat> I just had this like, I don't know, it was just like this spike in my resistance, my rebelliousness to my purpose. And I didn't realize what was happening. And I had, I had told Michael you need to prove to me beyond the shadow of a doubt that the work that I do on people is not demonic, first and foremost, and that it is something that's actually beneficial, that I'm not just imagining that I'm actually affecting people's lives in this way. I was mad. I was so mad. I remember like saying that out loud. There were a lot of like curse words in there. <laughs> There were curse words in there. I was speaking in a very colorful way and I said it right before I went to bed and uh, I was upset. I was really, really upset. 
the next day I woke up before everyone in my family. I woke up pretty early. I went to the living room and I opened my laptop. And mind you, I hadn't downloaded anything. Okay. I was, I don't remember what I was looking for online <clears throat> when I had that conversation with Michael and I got upset and I closed my laptop and I stomped off to bed <laughs> and I said all that. And so the next day when I woke up, I opened my laptop and there were like all of these files started opening itself on my laptop is on the screen. And I was like, oh my God, I must have downloaded some sort of like virus or something. My laptop is screwed because it, it was like, I would say hundreds of files. It was just like open, 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 open. Every, like the whole screen was full of files. And I happened to look at it and I'm like, PDF? Well, I don't think you could do a virus with PDF. I don't think I got hacked or anything like that. Like I don't, I don't do any of that. I don't torrent. I don't do any of that. And, and so I scrolled through one of the manuals. Michael, my most profound soul messenger, he somehow had managed to uh, download onto my laptop pretty much every single Cathara-based, Kailantic science-based manual that exists. I was looking through Cathara 1 because that was the one that was on top uh, of all the windows that opened. So that was the last one that opened. Obviously, that's the first one I'm going to scroll through. I'm like, what is this? What is this? And I'm scrolling through it. And I'm like, Kalons, this is what I see. Wait, 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 wait. What the hell is this manual? And I start scrolling through it. And I'm like, yes, how does this person know there's 15 dimensions? There's, they're all tied to chakras. Like, how does this person know all of this? And I start just insanely scrolling through so many of the manuals. I was like, oh my gosh, this explains everything that I do. It's like, I didn't learn Kathara. I came into this life remembering it. Remembering it. And even then, um, I was not yet at a level of maturity for me to be able to just blindly accept that. Okay. So I just archived all of these PDFs. I didn't read through them. It scared me. I didn't read through them. Uh, that, that was enough for me to be like, all right, you made your point. I'll just keep doing the work that I do. Oh my God, what is this? And so that's what I did. And every few years I go back to that archive of esoteric texts. And um, I'll just go to whatever file I'm drawn to. I'll open it and I'll randomly scroll, just randomly scroll. And then I'll stop when I feel like I have to stop and I read whatever's on the screen. It could be a sentence, it could be a word, it could be an entire paragraph, it could be an entire chapter. And I just read it until my soul makes me feel that I'm done. And it usually addresses the next level of my recovery of information, extremely high level esoteric information, accessing areas of that CDT plate that will help me to better assimilate quite a bit of information into my personal template. So these soul messages, they serve a purpose. They really, really do. It's not just guiding you towards... Um, 
some type of romantic relationship. It's not that at all. I mean, for some, it might be, you know, for some, it might be for most it. It's all about your personal development. Sherry says I came across Emmy in October, 2018. I had lost everything. Oh my gosh. Home pets and all my loved ones. I was processing giving up. Emmy helped me understand my truth and to be me to the best ability. I remember when I first made your acquaintance. We had a mutual friend that, uh, and this person meant so much to me, so much to me. Um, very, very fond of her. And then things kind of one thing after another. And um, I'm sure you remember, Sherry. <laughs> One thing after another, and it was a third person that was involved that created issues. And because of the way that friend of mine reacted, I was just like, I'm good. I'm good. Like, no, I'm good. And then they tried to involve you. <laughs> and I, they didn't involve you with me. You just reached out to me. I guess they, they told you about it or whatever. And you, I was like, girl, I got no problem with you. I already felt you in my heart. Like, no, no, you're sacred to me. It has nothing to do with you. I absolutely remember you. That um, almost like first couple exchanges between us via messenger or email. It was email. <laughs> wow. Wow. Rainbow Flame says, in 2016, I made a decision to begin living my life differently. I was in so much pain and felt so lost. Oh, I literally prayed and it felt like immediately the assistance and opportunity began pouring in. It's when you open yourself to receive the messages, you know, we're receiving these messages in ways that maybe, maybe we understand, maybe we don't. And, uh it's a very viscerally felt experience when you come across a soul messenger. You might not identify them as that, but you know when they're in your life for a reason. It might just be for a season. It might be long term. We don't really know. But you know the gravity of their place in your life. Eliza. Eliza says, dude, seriously, your messages have no expiration date. They really don't. They really don't. And you know what's super interesting? So I'm on all types of social media, right? I don't, I don't typically browse social media too much. I don't scroll through it. It's toxic to me. <laughs> it's very toxic for me. Riles me up in ways I don't want to be riled up. So sometimes when I go on Facebook to check uh, like a business thing, um, I'll get a notification that I have a memory for that day waiting for me to kind of like go back and look at it, right? And sometimes there'll just be random posts. <coughs> Excuse me. Sometimes they will be live streams that I did years ago. Oftentimes when it's a profound message, would you not believe it's the same type of cycle happening a year, two years, three years, four years later on the exact same day? Woo. We live through cycles. Every time we go through those cycles, 
we learn that much more. So Eliza says messages from years ago still hit me today. And I wouldn't be surprised if the messages from years ago hit you in a different way, a different place within yourself. And what maybe would have resonated in your upper um, upper right portion of your high heart uh, maybe now resonates in the pit of your stomach, in your solar plexus. And a lot of this has to do with the shifting, the shifting of what that lesson means you don't just keep repeating the same cycles. I mean, you do if you don't pay attention and hold yourself accountable, hold other people accountable. Then you're in a perpetual loop. But when you allow life to cycle in the way that it's meant to, it's kind of like this spiral that kind of spirals into itself as it rises and lowers at the same time. That is the path of is that, um, you know, we're going through the same things, not because we keep making the same bad choices, not necessarily. It's because we're learning that same lesson in a more profound manner. We have to give ourselves some, some sort of credit. You know, you have to give yourself some sort of credit. Brandy says, I've come so far from where I was a year ago. I tried to change all the bad things. I went from being on drugs to sober, then homeless to back to my family, now into my own lace. Ooh, girlfriend. Yes. 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 And Brandy, along that journey of this past year, if you look back, can you see when soul messengers arrived into your life and how they affected your life? Was it a positive way? Um, where the message was more gentle and they were able to guide you? Or was it more of an adversarial way where they triggered you? Maybe not intentionally, but they triggered you. And that point of triggering is the very thing that caused you to decide to move forward. Because um, soul messengers can have a, a positive and a negative effect. You know, and in that negative effect, it's almost like they're loading, helping you to load that charge for that forward momentum, right? Uh, let's see. Let's just see. Maria says, I came home from my first chemo and needed some uplifting music to hear and dance, but your videos run out on YouTube. End of 2016, you helped me through all that stuff. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, my goodness. That's such an honor, Maria. That is such an honor for me to have been able to be with you during that period. Um, oh, my gosh. She says, so, so happy to hear her every day. Her words put me on my feet again. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. Um, let's see. Yes, Ocean Lover, uh, consciously remembering Kathara versus learning. So I didn't, um, I didn't learn Kathara through the manuals, in, in case people don't know what I was talking about. <laughs> um, 
I didn't learn Cathara through the manuals. It was something that I remember. And then as I remember it, I go through the process of learning how to safely apply it into all sorts of different human and etheric energetic situations. So yeah, there's a huge difference. And in that difference, the soul message is still the same, that I need to apply this knowledge in a very specific way, a way filled with integrity. Oh my gosh, you guys are so ridiculously sweet. Uh, recently this past year and found Emmy during my time, I lost a boyfriend and niece and just uh, tired of people, disappointments and just constant emotional hurt. I got tired of having no boundaries I hold that now. Mm. Mm. And sometimes it's like, you know, part of me being a soul messenger is just you guys witnessing me just ranting, <laughs> just ranting about something like, no, you will not tell me what to talk about on my channel, you know? And hey, those are things that I don't really like about myself, like getting upset, uh, having people see me in that way. But that's part of being a soul messenger, allowing yourself to exist in such an organic way that you don't modify the messages. Soul messengers, true soul messengers, do not modify your message. They simply give it to you. Okay. They simply just hand over the message and you decide what to do with it. So Annie says, I stumbled on your work autumn 2018 and was in a good place, had been working with a different with different aspects of myself since 2012. But I see now very clearly why you came into my life. Oh. <laughs> yeah, um, I think because you were already working on yourself. You had created a, a space of stability for you, you know, and um, maybe it wasn't in that moment that you needed me, maybe we needed to develop a connection. And for me, and I, Annie, you and I are very similar. You already know this girlfriend. <laughs> uh, we are very similar. And for me, you have to be a part of my life for quite a few years for me to be able to be like, all right, maybe you're not wicked. <laughs> maybe you're not going to, you know, be malicious towards me. Maybe I just need to just relax off of that. And so people who are here to help me usually have been in my life for quite some time, quite some time. It's, it's a very intense type of process that I go through. So Annie says to support me through the twin flame journey. It's been very important. You have no idea. Oh, thank you for doing that without judging. Of course, of course. And, and see, that's another thing is that a true soul messenger doesn't judge you for the decisions you make for the messages that you are being given. Oftentimes when I'm supposed to give someone a message, I don't even know. I'm just like, hey, uh, I'm not sure why, but I feel like I have to tell you this just randomly. I feel like I have to tell you this and uh, I hope you don't think I'm weird. <laughs> I don't know what it means. I hope you know what it means because I don't know what it means. It's for you though. <laughs> 
And usually when something like that happens, the person later on is like, you have no idea. You have no idea what you did. Like it, it was a profound experience for them. I remember this one person, um, She's very, very dear to my heart. Like, will always be very, very dear to my heart. Uh, we didn't know each other. We just had a mutual friend. Uh, and I didn't really know this mutual friend very well. We just interacted quite a bit on social media because he's hilarious. <laughs> he's hilarious. He, he really, really is. And um, and then she would sometimes comment. And so that's how I knew her. And then one day, I, and I still remember exactly where I was. I was in my room. I couldn't sleep. It's super late at night. I was living in Vegas at the time. And I still remember the room was dark. I didn't want to wake anyone up. I had the TV on. It was, and it was on mute. <laughs> I was using it as a nightlight and I was on my laptop and I'm like having this intense conversation with Michael. Like, she's going to think I'm crazy. I cannot just randomly message her. And finally, he got very stern with me. And he was like, are you going to serve your purpose or not? And I was just like, fine, gosh, fine. She's going to block me. I'm telling you, she's going to block me. And he goes, then let her block you. And I was like, all right, fine. I don't care then. And I message her and I, I'm basically like, hey, I know we don't know each other very well. I'm really sorry for messaging really late. Um, I don't know why, but you have to go see the doctor. Something's wrong. And I'm worried about you. And I don't really worry about people. You know, I'm kind of just like, you know, live your life. Live your life. But when I worry about someone, it's usually something really serious. And and I, I let her know that. And I was like, could you please just humor me? I know I'm a stranger. I know I sound crazy. You can totally block me. You don't have to tell me any details. But if you could just humor me and go to the hospital, like be checked. I still don't know what 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 it was, um, what I was like warning her about. But from what she says, like she credits me with saving her life and and her still being alive. And I was like, no, girl, you that's on you because you listened to me. Like, you didn't have to listen. It was something crazy, like, for someone to message you. And, and at that time, I wasn't live streaming, okay? No one knew anything about me doing energy work, me having the level of ability that I have. Like everyone that knew me on Facebook just knew me as the most sarcastic troll ever. Um, like just posting nothing but funny stuff. I always have sarcastic, hilarious things to say back to other trolls, you know? So nobody knew any of this. This was during the period right before I started um, embracing this life the life that I'm living now. This is when it first began. So those soul messengers, I mean, you would think that I was her soul messenger, but I feel like in reality, she was mine. It, it was this validation that, okay, I'm not crazy. Okay. Some people need me to tell them things 
that, um, you know, I don't really want to say is uncomfortable, but I have to find that courage to be that type of guidance support system, even when I don't know how to be. When I say you are created for a specific purpose, I really truly mean that in every single sense of the, the uh, concept, every single way you could possibly take it. We don't have to know what the message is or why. We just have to be the delivery method. Eliza says, I don't like that everyone is going through rough things, but I thoroughly love the space that's created here for everyone to share and feel comfortable doing. Yes. Yes. You have a tenacity about you, Eliza. You have a tenacity about you. This fire that someone tried to extinguish, all they did was burn themselves and spread your embers across the landscape of your mind. And when the winds of change, winds of truth came blowing, even though it was just a gentle breeze, those scattered embers became the wildfire that set you free. I have a deep appreciation for you and your journey, Eliza. You've shared so much of such a personal, very intense, very, very intense life experience and you still keep going. You still keep going. I'm proud of you. I really am. Uh, let's see. Ooh, Sherry says, your ranting and not allowing disrespect helped me understand my husband and how he set boundaries. At the time, his ranting was rude. Yours was warranted. I was able to understand him better. Oh, and I, I remember you saying that um, <laughs> when you would watch me and your husband would be like, is she about to yell at someone? <laughs> and I'd be like, let me see, let me see. <laughs> I still remember you telling me that. Please let him know I said hi. <laughs> that cracked me up like, oh my gosh, why would you want to see that? Because we're similar. <laughs> Uh, Catherine, Catherine says, I saw Emmy first on Facebook, Honest, honestly changed my perceptions, self-limiting beliefs, etc., and where I started to learn trust again. No words to explain. Oh. Catherine, I remember the first time I spoke to you in a session. I remember because I was shaking. I remember, um, exactly where I was living. I remember going into my children's room and I remember having the most profound conversation with you. See, I might be a soul messenger for you, but you're also a soul messenger for me because although you see me as someone who helped you to trust again, help you to, um, release some of the self-limiting beliefs, um, clarify some of the distorted perceptions, um, in that period, you did that for me too. You, you really did that for me too. I distinctly, I mean, I don't want to share the details of the private conversation, but I remember staring at the vent in my children's floor. As I was talking to you, I was sitting on the bottom level of the bunk bed. And I just, I, I still remember that, you know, many of you have been soul messengers for me. I know you guys don't, probably realize that, but many of you have been, you know, 
Um, <laughs> there. <laughs> Sherry says he watched the lives with me, her husband, <laughs> waiting for her to put someone in their place. <laughs> oh my gosh. That cracked me up. It cracks me up. <laughs> Nikki, she says, I don't remember the year, 2017, 2018. I think it was 2018. You were a guest on another channel I watched. I was instantly pulled towards you. So many things learned about myself. Most important, my darkness wasn't bad. Yes. Yes. Darkness is not evil. It's not intrinsically evil. It has the capacity to hide evil intent. Yes, that's true. But it's not intrinsically evil. Okay? Um, I know exactly what channel you're talking about. That was the start. <clears throat> that was the start of a very difficult part of my journey. Very, very difficult part. That was part of that 18-month cycle that just, mm, it just shredded the hell out of who I am. I think that was a point when I changed as a person. I know for a fact that that was the start of the period where I realized uh, I can't continue to drag people into my purpose just because I'm afraid to stand alone and not stand alone against adversity because I've done that my whole life. I have zero fear of standing alone in the face of tremendous, tremendous adversity. I'm like, bring it, baby. <laughs> when it comes to that, yeah, hell yeah, give me something to fight against. <laughs> um, I was afraid of standing alone at the top. I was afraid of succeeding by myself. Because if I succeed by myself, then, you know... Uh, People will know how different I am. If I succeed with other people beside me, it's a group effort. I can make sure all of them shine while I stay in the backdrop, the background, behind the stage, working the lights. And that's the most perfect analogy because it's like those spotlights that I use in that analogy, that's my energy, my birthright. And those were soul messengers who taught me tremendous things about myself, my purpose, um, balance, self-appreciation, self-love, value for myself and, and, and my purpose. They helped teach me that through the most painful, most horrendous way possible. They helped me to learn those things by putting their everything into attempting to destroy me completely. Still soul messengers. Still soul messengers. Life is beautiful, you guys. Life is beautiful regardless of people's intentions. Life is just beautiful. Um, Brandy says, I got the image of you from my vision when I was a child out of my head. For so long, I thought it was my imagination, but here you are, a real person. I still don't know what it all means. Well, maybe there's some sort of, you know, latent soul connection where 
being here in this space is going to help you through tremendous um, cycles of learning, very sharp learning curves. And it's just your soul was letting you know there's someone that exists that could assist just by existing. Sometimes it's that simple. I mean, that's a profound concept, but sometimes it's that simple. Uh, let's see. Oh, Leanne says, I absolutely adore the fact that you have a memory of so many people who follow you still today. It makes this group so much more special and profound. Yes, yes. So many of you have touched my life. So many of you have been soul messengers just by existing. Your existence has helped me learn things about humanity, about myself, my place within humanity. <laughs> And I remember you too, Leanne. <laughs> I remember your, our first session, you're sitting on the floor. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, let's see. You guys have a lot of really profound things to say. Annie says, like you said, sometimes we don't need to understand the message or who will get it. We just need to speak from our heart. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> I, I just realized, Annie, you remind me of the me before I went on the show that Nikki was talking about. That's, that's what draws me to you. You represent that part of me. The part before I changed, before I became who I am now. It's not a bad part, but it's a part that was more, I guess you could say my vulnerability felt more fragile to me. And therefore, I felt like I had to um, surround myself in my truth more, not allow as much of that out. And I feel like you're transitioning out of that place that place where, you know, you have to be careful what you share. Um, and it's not out of shame. It's kind of just like, you know, I don't know if that's appropriate for me to share that right now. It's a beautiful thing to see you blossoming, to see you in the process of blooming into your life and your purpose. It's very beautiful. Let's see. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I just, re I realized that Ocean Lover, she wrote, even with 200 people around, people would still know how different you are. And I, I think I was the only one who thought I was doing a good job of playing normal. <laughs> Quote, unquote, normal, right? Uh, I've never been normal. I've never been average, normal, basic, however you want to put it. I've never been uh, neurotypical, not even as a young child. And so... I think I was the only one I was convincing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, oh, Desiree, it took a good few months for me to start trusting the process. Once I did, it felt like you held my hand through it all. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Mm. 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 <laughs> I'm just, I'm very drawn to your energy, Desiree. I'm, I'm very, very drawn to your energy. And I believe you had told me before that you, um, you do hair. 
it says a lot. Like people will think um, hairdresser, meh, that's not really a, you know, a, a, a profound job or whatever. No, 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 no. If I remember right, you are a hairdresser. You're handling, styling people's power. Their hair is their power. Remember Samson and Delilah? So that's, that's a powerful thing. And once you begin to apply that knowing in your life that your ability to cultivate someone's power is just kind of being um, lived as a metaphor of you doing people's hair, you know, you can begin shifting that into this space of actually really truly cultivating someone's power. And it's a profound thing. It's a pro profound thing. Um, let's see. Pam, Pam says, you helped me with an attachment and with that came into my power years ago. Ah, love it. Love it. Um, so glad I found you at that time because as you were learning self-love, self-appreciation and self-acceptance, which is exactly what I was learning along with you. Uh, oh my gosh. Yes. It's like... For most people, I, I don't think they realize this. Um, a lot of what I share about myself, my journey and things like that, they are the portions of my life where I am learning something or processing what I've learned in order to be able to integrate it and apply it into my life. And in that way, so many of us, we are learning together, literally, not just through me, but we are literally learning together. It's a very beautiful thing to see that I've entered into or cultivated, created a community of people who are just as ready for change, growth and healing as I am. Oh, oof. I love it. I love it. Uh, Carmen says, watching you unfolding live every day showed me what healing was like. So thank you for sharing your journey with us. Thank you, Carmen. Yeah. Um, a lot of the things that I've shared in the past, like two, maybe three years, have been difficult to share. These were things that um, the old me would have never talked about. I was really good at hiding, hiding everything about me. I was really, really good at that. I was really, really good at only allowing people to see the bare basics of what I thought they wanted to see. You know, it's, it's, it's profound. It's profound. Um, oh, <laughs> I know you made me cry too. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, don't cry. <laughs> yeah, it was profound. That that time we spent together on that one-on-one -on -one was profound. It was very, very profound. And I saw so much within you that you were already in the process of um, recognizing. And it was almost like your soul wanted to be a little bit more efficient and have me just say these things, you know? So these are things that were, you were already in the process of collecting that truth within yourself. Um, oh, yes. Ocean lover. 
And and see, I feel the same way. She said, I want to also mention that I've always seen, heard, and felt things so differently than those around me. I really never felt comfortable to just fully be until you and this space. Same here. Literally, until this YouTube channel, like, this particular channel, and I had this channel started for several years before I actually began to use it. Okay. Um, until this space, like I, I never really quite knew what it felt like to belong. I don't know if that makes sense <laughs> to feel like you belong, like you're not the oddball out. You're, you're not making everyone uncomfortable just by being you, even though you're quiet, even though you're silent. Uh, it's a very beautiful thing you guys gift me with. Um, let's see. For me, the biggest, Leanne says, for me, the biggest thing you said to me is if I question whether I'm a good enough mother or not, the fact that I'm questioning means I am a good mom. It literally changed the way I showed up at home. Oh, I love that. It's always the not so good parent. And it, it applies to fathers as well who are just so convinced that they are the best parent ever. They never question ways in which they can shift themselves. Like part of the reason why I know I'm a good mom, <clears throat> again, is because I question myself. And I distinctly remember, I just was reminded right now, this question that I posed to myself while I was talking to my exclusive member chat. And if you guys want to be a part of that member's chat, look at the ticker at the bottom. You just sign up, go to soulsanctuary.love and you can sign up there. Um, we're going to talk in uh, around 8.45. So in about 45 minutes, I'm going to switch over to my member's chat. So during one of the member's chat, I, I don't know how I got on the topic of parenting and stuff. And I distinctly remember asking myself out loud, like, you know, am I helping or hindering slash harming my oldest son's progression? Because um, I'm not forcing him to go to college. I'm not forcing him to work a nine to five. I'm not forcing him to pay rent. I'm not forcing him to pay for um, the car that I got him. I, I, I'm not forcing him to do any of that. And it's kind of like this question of, am I adding to his creative block because he's um, he's a music producer, uh, a very successful one at that. And, you know, it was this question of, I, I want him to succeed, but do I want his success to be because he did not feel supported by me as his mother? You know what I mean? Because like, I'm looking at, all the ways and some of the people that I know, the way they, they succeeded was because they didn't have someone doing this for them. They didn't have someone doing that for them and holding their hand and comforting them and this and that. And I'm like, you know, is it important for him to succeed to the degree that his success is because I did not support him? Or do I want him to succeed because he was supported and encouraged given the time and the space to decide to decide for himself, what do I want to do today? Do I feel creative today? Do I feel like I can put into a tangible, audible form 
this music that's inside me, this expression of my divinity. And, and then I came to the conclusion, like, you know, I just need him to be him. I can't, I, I can't, I don't want to be the kind of parent that forces my kid to succeed just so I can brag that he succeeded. Excuse me. Even without forcing him to do anything. He chose his career path at 13 years old. He found classes that he could audit. These classes taught by universities for sound engineering. I didn't tell him to do that. I told him you have specific units you have to satisfy in order to be able to graduate from high school because we're homeschool. And I told him, don't fuck up. <laughs> I was just like, listen, you want to act like you know everything. Hey, there you go. I'm going to start treating you like adult, but you better act like an adult. You better act like an adult. And that's, that's really pretty much the, the rule. You want to be treated like an adult. You have to conduct yourself as an adult and be responsible and hold yourself accountable for your growth. You know? For your growth. Ooh, I love this, Desiree. She says, forever grateful for finding you. Beauty therapist recently started doing my hair and husband's and daughter. I'm getting pretty good at it if I say so myself. Ooh, so maybe that's what you're supposed to do. You know, I don't, I don't know why I think you're a hairstylist. Maybe because your hair looks so good. <laughs> I don't know. It feels like I see you with hair in your hands and almost like ministering to people as you work on the aesthetics portion. And, you know, those two go hand in hand, the aesthetics and the ministry. They can go hand in hand because, I mean, if you really think about it, like, um, when I used to do people's hair and makeup uh, for photo shoots, they're really truly in a place of vulnerability. For when I'm doing their hair, I'm behind them. They don't know what I'm doing. I could be doing some really messed up to them. They don't know. I could be burning their hair. They don't know. You know? So they're putting all of that trust in me. They're in a position of vulnerability. When I'm doing their makeup, yes, I'm standing in front of them, but their eyes are closed. They have to trust me. That's another place of extreme vulnerability. And I found that I love to do hair and makeup for people for quite a few years because really what I was doing was ministering. I didn't realize that I've been ministering this entire time, but that's what I do. I minister to people. I help them to see, to find, to feel their divinity rising from the core of their being. And if you can find a way to do that, and this is for everyone, this message is for everyone. If you can find a way to do that where you're not forcing them and um, because they're already now in a place of vulnerability with you, um, they're more willing to take in the truth that you are gently just sharing. It's never a forcing. It's just a sharing. I have this 
profound memory. There was this woman who came into the store at the time I was working for a makeup, um, makeup counter. I was their makeup specialist and the location that they had me at, um, it was like one of their must win stores. And I was, you know, at the makeup counter and some lady walks in and I look at her and it's like, she's clearly in a rough patch. Okay. I can see based on her clothes, her hair, everything. She's, she's in a rough patch. And <clears throat> I asked her if she wanted to come play with me. And she looked at the makeup and she smiled. She goes, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't have any money to buy anything. I said, honey, I didn't ask you to buy something. I said, come play with me, sit down. I'll do your makeup. And she goes, but I, I, I can't pay you. I said, I'm not asking you to pay me or buy anything. Sit down. I'll do your makeup. Come play with me. Keep me company because the store is empty. And she's like, oh, okay. And I was like, yeah, no, girl. We're playing. <laughs> and so I look at her. She's missing some teeth. She looks like she's been eating a really bad diet for herself. Um, she looks like she hasn't had the ability to shower for at least a few days. And I'm just talking to her and I'm, I'm doing, it was a full beat. Okay. We did the whole shebang. We did the whole full glam. And I totally was like, do you, is it okay with you if I do your hair too? <laughs> she goes, oh my God, hair too. And, and, you know, I had some of that deliciously smelling lotion and stuff. And I used that to slick her hair back. And, um, and then I, I was like, are you ready to see yourself? This is how I see you. And I showed her her face. I gave her the mirror and she looked at herself and she almost started crying. And I could tell that she's lived a life where she's not allowed to cry. And I just smiled. And she's like, I've never seen myself look this way. She literally, literally looked exactly like Marilyn Monroe. I'm like, you're beautiful. She's like, how, how did you do this? And I was like, I just brought out what I already see inside you. And she's like, how, you saw this inside me? And I was like, yeah. And she cried. It was at that point she cried. And I was like, why are you crying? And she totally, that's when she told me, I, I've been homeless for so long and no one even looks at me. And I was like, I looked at you. I saw you. And she goes, what, what do I owe you? I'll come back. I'll pay you. I said, Girl, I already told you. You're doing me a favor. We're just playing right now. You don't owe me anything. Anything. And sometimes I remember that like so clearly because of the fact that so many of us are just like her going through so much in life. I never got her name. I wanted to give her her privacy. I never asked her what her name was. But so many of us live just like her. We might not be technically homeless. We might have a job and material things and, you know, all these beautiful, amazing, uh, tangible things, but deep inside, we feel just like her displaced within our own life and no one actually being able to see us or wanting to see us at that. You know, everyone kind of just 
walking past us, ignoring us. I promise you, there's more people like me and we see you. And I mean, you know, I think I want to even be so bold as to say right now, you guys are just like me. You see each other. You know what I mean? You see each other. You guys have been developing bonds with each other for so long now. And it's literally like a family we've created here. Hi, gays. I found solace in listening to so many things I understood instantly. Elsewhere, I feel like I'm on the periphery looking in. I have found profound peace being part of your journey. Oh, my God. You guys are going to seriously make me cry. Mm. Catherine says, it's like a continual dance of souls sharing messages just at the right time. No mistakes. It started with alone soul dancing, growing with each breath. Yes. Yes. It's, it's so beautiful to be in this space with you guys. Oh, my gosh. My nose keeps just... Ooh, yeah. Uh, oh, hold on. Let me put it on the screen. Kim, hey, boo. You've been with me a long, long time. A long, long time. She says, yes, I'm moving through the same thoughts with my two sons, 22 and 18. One wants to grow mushrooms. The other has no idea what to do. Maybe the other can support the, gr the grower. And they can find some synergistic way to exist. You know, each having their own specialty and playing their own part. Mushrooms is a, it's a cutting edge industry. It's going to be, um, it's the next CBD, mark my words, or, or rather more accurately and more truthfully, mark my brother's words. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, let's see. Um, let's so you guys um you guys let's go ahead and if you have if you have oh you know oh my goodness i was talking to you guys so much i forgot i forgot let's go over this really quick we have about 15 minutes left signs a soul messenger is arriving soon all right so here it is okay here it is signs that a soul messenger is arriving soon you start to feel like you're seeking something that you don't quite know. All right. For some of us, it will be this thing of feeling dissatisfied with life, dissatisfied with our relationship, um, just feeling like we haven't accomplished anything, all of this questioning, seeking. It feels like there's something just missing. And then it takes us to this place of realizing this feeling of an emptiness inside you. Okay. Because first you're like, something's not quite right. It feels like there's this empty spot. I don't know what it is. Is there an empty spot or am I just kind of imagining things? And then you enter into this actual realization of an emptiness, something needing to be filled, uh, some type of void that's existing. As that happens, you start to really wonder who you are and what your purpose is. Okay. Like I'm already a specific age and I haven't figured things out yet. And, you know, I don't want to this and that, and I don't know and blah, blah, blah. And, and it's like, 
you realize you don't get the answers until you ask the questions. And sometimes in order for you to figure out what your questions are, you have to experience the insecurity, the low points, these areas, spaces, cycles of discomfort, right? And then we enter into this space of the person somehow just showing up. You know, how many of you went through this exact same thing and then suddenly you found me? Suddenly you found my live streams. You were introduced to me by a friend. Um, you saw a post on social media. You heard someone talking about someone, you know. This was like a weird thing. I, I, Michael suddenly reminds me of this. Um, I forget what state we were in. My memory of it is foggy. <laughs> was it us in a state or did someone tell me this? About a play. It, it, okay. I think someone told me. So someone who lives in a place that I've never traveled through. <clears throat> they said that they were in a grocery store. And they heard two women talking about Emmy. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> and um, and then so she went up to those two women who were talking about Emmy. And then it turns out all three of them started talking about Emmy. And it turns out the Emmy they're talking about is me. And I was just like, what? What does that mean? Why does that come up right now? I wasn't ready to accept that soul message then. I just, I wasn't. I wasn't ready to accept the soul message then. Uh, it felt weird. It felt awkward. It felt like, ew, this is something that might affect my ego in an ugly way. I don't want to be ego-based like you, right? And it coming back now. It's like, oh, I took it the wrong way. I wasn't ready then for that soul message. Now I understand like this is evidence, tangible, tangible evidence that I positively impact people's lives, people I don't even know exist. So on days where my ego gets the best of me, and my ego always tells me the opposite. My ego is inverted. So when it flares, I feel like I'm very small, very insignificant. Um, my higher self will bring another soul messenger. Like I was feeling exhausted for the past week or two. I've just really been working myself into exhaustion behind the scenes. And <clears throat> I spoke with someone and I hope they don't mind me sharing it, but I was speaking with someone privately and they had shared just like the most like mind blowing, whew, I don't know if it's my allergies or <laughs> I feel like I'm about to cry. It was profound. They had shared with me. <clears throat> that I've affected their life in a generational way where their children 
have listened to me speak, their parent is being positively impacted, even all the way up to their grandparent. I mean, generational. That's profound. That's profound. To know that just by existing and just being by just being myself, I am affecting some type of generational change. Now, obviously, I I still want to credit the entire family for choosing change, right? Because I can talk till I'm blue in the face and Unless people choose change, nothing's going to change. <coughs> and so they still deserve that credit. But I need to begin entering and remaining in a place of emotional and mental maturity, a place that has enough maturity to be able to give myself the type of credit I need as someone who is part of their process as a family. And I really had no idea, none, no idea that it had that type of effect. And now talking about it and really just thinking about it, it takes me back to this space where I was in a workshop on how to form um, the nonprofit. And um, it was this thing of being asked, who are you servicing? Who are you creating this um, nonprofit for? Like you have to be very specific, a very specific type of person. You know, like specific, like I am servicing women in the age range of 22 to 35 because they're at the most risk of blah, blah, blah. And it's like, how do I do that without cutting out parts of my soul's family? Like some of the messages that come through me, they affect people, they're, they're listened to by toddlers, literal toddlers. Like people have children who are under the age of five who just absolutely want to listen to my live streams as much as possible. And then we have people like I was in a session with someone and oh my gosh, I, I was just like, ah. Oh. Oh my goodness. It it really touched me so deeply. Um this lovely lovely woman is something like 93 94 years young. And she credited me with helping her to see life in a way that she's never been able to. So what do I do? I cut people out? No. No. There was no way my who was going to disavow parts of my soul's family, disavow certain groups of people that I promise, like, hey, guys, I, I promise I will be born 
<laughs> during this period. And I promise to help you through X, Y, and Z. Okay. You just got to find me around this time frame, and we will develop a connection and we will walk through this together. There was no way there was no way. And, and so maybe it's this thing of, um, Ooh, that's, that's potent. And this is what it ties into Kim. It ties into what Kim's saying. She says, I found this generation and she corrected it. Doesn't want to play the illusion game. They don't want to work monotonous jobs. And that's the thing. No more illusions. We no longer are fitting into this very limited, very constricted, restricted box of existence. No more. No more. And in order for our soul family to find their way out of their own boxes, we have to be able and willing to serve as the soul messengers, okay? So when they arrive, their effect on you is powerful and profound, but never forced, okay? Never forced. Because of their influence on you, your values begin to change in a positive way. And Kim says, I stumble upon you randomly going through the dark night of the soul, of course, the many of them. I have been through and your voice gave me so much hope. It was never anything forced. I know you've been with me quite some time, Kim. <laughs> quite some time. And... I mean, definitely correct me if I'm wrong. I don't ever remember having a conversation with you where I was trying so hard to convince you of something, you know, and I do remember there were a few things where we didn't, um, there was no argument, of course, but you saw things differently. And it was just a beautiful sharing, sharing of difference of opinion. And that's it. You know, it's beautiful thing to be able to have, um, your values change into something more positive just because they exist and they're not forcing you. Okay. Their effect on you is powerful and profound, but never forced. Another thing you begin to see repeating patterns and numbers. Okay. Like groups of things, like groups of three, um, you begin to see stars all the time or hearts uh, for a while, I was seeing hearts and everything down to where like when I drink my coffee, um, I see a heart on the coffee cup at the bottom, you know, the, the very last of the coffee, I see a heart at the bottom. It's a beautiful thing. The repeating numbers, uh, 11, 11, 10, 10, 11, 11, 12, 12, 1, 1, 1, 2, 2, 2, 3, 3, 3, 4, 4, 4, all of those repeating numbers, you know, feathers. Yes. Feathers, Kim says feathers, feathers usually are indications of something. Uh, usually your spiritual team is talking to you, or if you're asking for confirmation that someone's soul message for you is accurate, you know, that's what you'll get, the feathers, okay? You don't always have to get feathers, but that's usually what that can indicate, Song lyrics will speak loudly to you and usually reiterate what the soul messenger has said, or it reminds you of them. So there's this thing that my phone has been doing. First, it's been acting like a total, I'm not, I can't say those words out loud. 
<laughs> at least not on this live stream, maybe on an Emmy evolving live stream, but not this one. <laughs> um, so I haven't really been playing my, um, my iTunes, my Apple music, and I closed it out. So I don't really know why, but it keeps popping onto my screen. This particular song, I can't go on without you by Kaleo. <laughs> like, bruh, stop. What is this? And I think part of what's going on with that is me needing to realize even on the days where I don't want to show up, I need to show up. I need to show up. And it's not necessarily just for you guys. You guys are important. Don't get me wrong. You guys are very important to me and my journey. But this need to absolutely show up every single time, it has more to do with me showing up for myself being able to speak up for myself in my in real life circumstances, being able to hold my boundaries, hold my ground, all of that. It's a really beautiful thing to begin recognizing, hey, your soul has taught you through your life circumstance how to love people so profoundly and so deeply. And that type of love, you are learning how to do that, not just because it's your job to love other people, not just because that's your destiny, but because you're learning how to love yourself. You're learning how to love yourself by learning how to healthily love other people. So let that be our final soul message for the day. This has been such a profound conversation with you guys. I'm so, so, so grateful for your place in my journey. I'm so grateful for all of the support you guys have consistently given me, whether I show up in jammies and unbrushed hair. It was a rough night. <laughs> or, or I show up dolled up. It's, it's been a profound profound experience to know that I actually am loved so wholeheartedly, unconditionally, and for most, without any expectation of something coming from that love. I've never had that. You guys are helping me to learn so much about life just by sharing this space with me. So I love you guys so much. If y'all could please give this video a thumbs up. I would really appreciate it. If you haven't already subscribed, please do subscribe. Turn on that notification bell. If you are watching me on Facebook, if you haven't already liked the page and followed it, please do that. Share this video out. Tag people in the comments. Repost it. Send it to their inbox. Anything and everything. Spam it out. I don't care. <laughs> please. Help me function in the way I'm meant to and spread the message. Help me help other people by increasing their awareness of my existence. I'm done hiding. I'm done restricting. I'm ready to fully step in my purpose. Just full step forward, no baby step. A full step forward, followed by another step and another step and another step. The time has finally come for all of us to rise together, to allow ourselves to be seen, to be witnessed by those who are needing our light or the comfort of our shadow. 
Some people have been in the light so long, they've become a crispy critter. And what they actually need is to be able to be tucked away safely and comfortably in the shadow of your heart. So allow yourself to be whatever it is you're meant to be for other people and for yourself as well. I love you guys. I'll see you very soon. If you're listening to this via the podcast app that you're on, please interact with a track, like it, love it, share it out, whatever you got to do. Follow me on that app. You guys, I'm all throughout social media. I'm also all throughout podcasting apps. Simply look for the Soul Sanctuary or look for Emmy Evolving. What's going on? <laughs> it's time to go.